are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, and we got a lot to talk about. Didn't get to touch on it in yesterday's show, but Brandon Ingram, one most improved player of the year in the NBA, we're going to break down his win, tight win. And then in the second segment, the coaching search. Pelicans haven't really gotten the ball rolling a ton yet, but other teams have. Is that a concern? I'm going to tell you whether it is or not. And then in the third segment, we're going to look at one of those names that's going to come up and is maybe the hottest coaching candidate out there, Dan Craig of the Miami Heat. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. The only show coming to you all five days a week, Monday through Friday, even in the offseason for the team, breaking down everything you want to know. Told you a great behind-the-scenes story about why the Pelicans didn't draft Jamal Murray yesterday. We got some good draft talk. We're all over the coaching search. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. All right, so Brandon Ingram won Most Improved Player of the Year, winning over Bam Adebayo and Luka Doncic, the three other finalists. There's a lot of talk of who might win this one. And frankly, I, I said it to a number of people, like any of these guys are deserving winners. Like Ingram was very deserving. Adebayo out of Miami was very deserving. And we just saw what Luka Doncic did in the playoffs against the Clippers where he was unbelievable. You rarely want to give it to second year guys, especially when, you know, because they're expected to improve and that maybe knocks him down a little bit, but he's still freaking good, right? He was still taking a big leap from his rookie year to this year. I would have been fine with all any of them. Like, I, I don't think I would have come on here being like, this is BS and all of like, all of them were very deserving winners in my opinion. It's nice to see, though, when we got the final voting with Ingram at one, Bam at two, Luka Doncic at three, that it was really just between Ingram and Bam. Luka Doncic didn't have a chance in this one. So I think we're starting to kind of really see like what the precedent is with this award. Bam is well-deserving. We've talked about him a good bit. I've been on other shows, too, where they kind of look at him and go, well, it's like he played like double his minutes. He should have significantly higher numbers, right? Yeah, but it also means you've got to produce during that, and not every guy's capable of taking on a significantly larger role and doing as good, if not better, than you were before, even on a per-minute basis. So I still think it's impressive for a guy to kind of take that leap. There's been plenty of guys who are like 15-minute players, not 30-plus-minute players like Bam was. But Brandon Ingram, absolutely deserving. And I think what really separates him is how he changed a lot of his game. The fact that he improved his shooting, particularly from three over years before, and changed the way he plays is unbelievably impressive. This season alone, he took 6.2 three-point attempts per game, shooting 39%. Before that, The three seasons before that, he averaged just two attempts per game and shot 33%. So it's a 6% increase on your three-point shooting on significantly, significantly three times as much volume. That says a lot about how he worked on himself and tried to improve. It's not just him shooting at the same percentage on more volume. It's a significantly different style of play. His shot chart looks so different than what it did before. So 
I think he's well-deserving of the award because of this. Just that alone, and also just increasing a lot of his numbers. His assists were up by one per game compared to his career average. He put in 24 points per game. He was the main guy on this team. That's awesome. That is completely deserving of the Most Improved Player of the Year award. It's also the first Most Improved Player of the Year award that the Pelicans ever have had. And when you look at them historically in these end-of-season major award voting this is only the third one they've ever had. Chris Paul won Rookie of the Year, and um, J.R. Smith won Sixth Man of the Year. They don't have a lot of historical success of these awards, so it's nice to see him get that recognition he deserved. I've seen a lot of Lakers fans be happy for him. I think that's great. Pelicans fans should be happy for him, too, and it just shows this guy did a lot of work to get where he is in the NBA. First-time All-Star, most improved player. Future looks very bright for him. In his, in his uh, media availability after winning the award, he mentioned that this was the most fun season of basketball he's ever played, which is what you kind of like to hear, right? Like you want your star player, one of your star players, to feel really good about the organization where he is. Makes you wonder a little bit about the Alvin Gentry firing and how the, the, the effect that that's going to have on the team. And he gave Alvin Gentry a lot of credit to helping him improve alongside uh, Fred Vinson, who helped him retool his shot. But this is an awesome thing. It's well-deserved. And the fact that we said this could be so close and that I'm fine with if any one of the three guys won just makes it more impressive that he did. When you look at the voting, by the way, he finished with 326 votes. Bam finished with 295 votes. So you're off by about 30 votes there, 31 votes. That's a small margin. Five, uh, first place votes are worth five points. BI had 42. Bam had 38. It's a difference of four. That's a lot. Second place votes are worth three points. BI had five more, 35 to 30 for Bam. And then Bam had more third place votes. 15 to 11 for Brandon Ingram, equating to that 31-point difference. Luka Doncic, by the way, coming in at 101 votes, so like very, very far out of the running in this one. It was close. Brandon Ingram gets it in a bit of a squeaker, but hey, who cares, right? Get the award. Very cool. Nice recognition for him uh, on everything he's done in the season that he's had and just makes you think he can be even better than this, which is going to be only a good thing for the Pelicans going forward. All right, coming up, the Chicago Bulls are starting the interview process. I've got a weird parallel here that I want to touch on. This goes back to the Monty Williams hiring for New Orleans. But should the Pelicans be worried if they're not as advanced along in their coaching search? I don't think so. And it goes back to the parallel I was just talking about. So we'll touch on that coming up here in just a moment. So before all of that, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Pelicans Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, whether it's the draft, whether it's going to be free agency, the coaching search, we've got it all here, plus behind the scenes stories. And I'm going to probably start dropping a couple of more of those in here as I had fun telling that one yesterday. So I'll give you a peek behind the curtain of everything going on. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. So the Chicago Bulls were basically one of the first teams with a head coaching vacancy other than the New York Knicks who filled that and the Brooklyn Nets. We know what's going on there. And I have some good talk on that in today's edition of Locked On NBA too, if you want to listen to that. They're in a different spot, I think, than the Pelicans or the Bulls are. And I find it kind of interesting that they might be looking at assistance too. But anyway, so the Bulls have asked for permission to interview a number of assistants still going on in the playoffs. That includes Milwaukee's Darvin Ham, who I've mentioned here. Denver's Wes Unseld Jr., 
Um, and then Miami's Dan Craig, who I want to talk about in the third segment because he's a hot name right now and like deservedly so. They're also interested in looking at Dallas Mavericks assistants Jamal Mosley and Steven Silas and a couple of other names as well. Minnesota head coach uh, David Vanterpool, who we've seen kind of linked to the team as well, did not see Chris Finch's name in this report, which is over there at ESPN. So do they have the advantage? The Pelicans said that this was going to be a slow process. If these are all of the top names and you want to get the best guy available, right? Maybe it's Darvin Ham. Maybe it's Dan Craig. Is the Bulls interviewing them now and doing all of this, however they're going about the process, giving them an advantage? And it's a fair thing to think, right? Like there's only so many head coaching jobs. If say they go to, we'll use Dan Craig because it's easy here. Dan Craig, and you're like, yes, we want you to be our head coach. Does he just like accept it? If the Pelicans haven't gotten that far in the process yet and they're interested in him, like, you know, it's a bird in hand situation, right? There's only 30 of these jobs in the world. If someone offers you one, you probably take it. Does that hurt New Orleans from getting the guy they want? And I don't think it does. I don't think it does at all because, frankly, when you look at both of these teams, the Pelicans' job is much more appealing than the Chicago Bulls' job is. One, ownership stuff, that's all going on there. That helps, too. It's probably safer here in New Orleans. You've also got Brandon Ingram, most improved player. Also, first-time All-Star, Zion Williamson. And while there's some young talent there in Chicago, it's not those two guys. Plus, a pro in Drew Holiday. So this job looks more appealing. And this goes back to when the Pelicans hired Monty Williams back in 2010. That Monty Williams wasn't the first choice. They wanted to hire from the Boston Celtics, Tom Thibodeau. They offered Thibodeau the job, the then Hornets did. And he basically had to like wait, wait him out a little bit because he had also interviewed for Chicago had Derek Rose and wanted to go and coach Derek Rose and the better team knowing that Chris Paul was likely leaving in a year or so. The Bulls opening was better. So he kind of stepped in and was like, I want that job and just kind of like waited and ended up taking that job, even though the Pelicans offered him their job or the Hornets that offered him their job first. And I wonder if you could run into a situation like that here. And I wouldn't be shocked if you do, that if they both zero in on the best guy, Dan Craig, let's say as an example, that... Yeah, Craig might be like, no, I want to go to New Orleans. Now, he may not, given that you probably have a bit, not a meddling general manager or front office in in everybody here, but a guy who's a little bit more hands-on. Now, the Pelicans are going to take their time. If they're interviewing those guys in the bubble, they're likely going to be doing it through Zoom uh, if you're the Chicago Bulls. That's not going to happen here in New Orleans. So I do think that while maybe you get an extra week or two as a person mulls over their decision, it's, if this goes on months, two months, however long it might be, you will eventually be at a disadvantage. But right now, today, I don't think the Pelicans are. So I think they're still going to be in a good spot to get what is maybe like the best young and up-and-coming assistant if they want, if that's the direction that they want to go. Tyron Lue's name has been linked. Jason Kidd's name has been linked. So I don't necessarily know that that's the direction they want. I think it's the direction they should go. And there's a guy whose name is... Really hot, really popular right now with the Miami Heat in Dan Craig. Given the success they're having, they're up 1-0 on the Milwaukee Bucks right now. And Craig's a big part of that. So let's talk about him coming up here in the next segment of Locked on Pelicans. 
Before we do that, though, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, simply put, best tasting protein bar ever. I spend my own personal money buying these things, and I eat them Monday through Friday, like the show here, after a workout instead of lunch, basically as a meal replacement. I do it because they're delicious. Like These things taste so good that I basically they, – they taste like a candy bar, and I would eat them as such, but don't do that. They've got caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon, almond, cheesecake, salted caramel, mint brownie. I could go on and on and on. They're also covered in 100% real chocolate. Helps make them taste like a candy bar. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They've like, they're, they're like nothing else you've ever had. They're also just healthy and that's great. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber and great for the keto diet. You can get ones that have 19 grams of protein, 180 calories or 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. They're awesome. I'm serious. Just go to builtbar.com and try it out. And if you've bought built bars before using the promo code, they've reset it since they've relaunched with a new and improved formula and new and nicer looking packaging. Plus they're going to throw in a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code locked on for $10 off over at builtbar.com. So Dan Craig, this is a name you're going to hear a lot of in the coming weeks because I think he's going to be very much in contention for basically every head coaching opening. Like this guy's going to get a couple of interviews this off season and deservedly so. So an assistant coach for the Miami Heat and when you look at the Heat and the success they're having right now, sweeping the Pacers in the first round, getting Nate McMillan fired, and then beating the Bucks in game one behind, you know, an inhuman performance from Jimmy Butler. But the Heat have been a very good organization to try and model yourself after. Culture, uh, identity, vision, like those are the words that kind of come to mind with them. A lot of player development, too. They've taken a lot of young guys, particularly on this roster right now, and really turned them into something. Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson. We can go on and on and on. Bam Adebayo, too. We can go on and on and on about a number of these guys. They just seem to do things right with that organization, don't they? And I think that's an important thing to look at. So when you're trying to bring someone in that can get some buy-in from players, that's not always easy to do with an unheralded assistant coach, something like that. When you can point to the success you've had with Miami Heat, I think that gets some degree of buy-in and just respect from the players. I think that's a really important thing. He's been there for a while. And when you look at Dan Craig's path and career, it's very similar to head coach Eric Spolstra. And you've all heard me say, I think Spolstra is a top three, top five coach in the NBA. Dude is just really good. He's been adaptable to the trends in the NBA, changed the way their offense is done. And I love seeing something like that. It's not just stuck in one way of doing things. He understands how to kind of go about this and build it while all still retaining the vision and identity and all of those like nebulous words that you want to use when you're building a team. So Dan Craig's 38, young guy, but still has a very similar path. Basically started as a video intern and worked his way up. That alone is kind of making me excited. He was also the head coach. So he's worked as an assistant coach. Then he went and worked as the head coach for the Sioux Falls Skyforce, the G League affiliate, D League affiliate for the Miami Heat. And as head coach there, he took them to a 40 and 10 regular season record, the best record in G League, D League history, and then won the title that season. So he's got some head coaching experience at the D League level, but I think that's important. And then came back to the Miami Heat where he's been an assistant and has stayed an assistant. So he's been with this organization since 2003. Working under guys like Eric Spolstra, 
working with Pat Riley and everything that's gone there, and also with a guy like uh, Stan Van Gundy. I get them confused a little bit. That's a really good pedigree to have. And if you can bring some of what the Miami Heat have done, they've had superstars and they've had a lot of success. They've also had success without superstars, not title winning and like built up tons and tons of playoff success, but they've been good when they're just kind of the greater than the sum of their parts, I think. So bringing in a guy like that who has all of that, I think is great. There's some player development that is going to come with him. I don't think that's the most important thing for a head coach. But if you can bring a lot of the training regimen and all of that from the Miami Heat and their conditioning drill is legendary and sounds like I would die if I tried to do that, I kind of dig all of it. You know, combined with the front office that we seem to really trust here with David Griffin, there seems to be a very good pairing and a very good making in the future here that I think could have a lot of success. So Dan Craig, when we'll, we'll get to the coaching stuff when we see some names start to emerge and all of that, and we'll, we'll really jump into all of that. He's going to be high on my list and a guy that's really starting to make waves now. Also, Eric Spolstra raves about him and has said he should be a head coach and that he's ready to be a head coach. So I think that's a really, really good thing too. So if you get that kind of endorsement, you come from that organization, um, that I think that's what you want to try and look for. So we'll talk more about him too. And I'm sure you're going to see his name come up a whole lot. And as we just mentioned, he's going to be potentially interviewing with the Chicago Bulls very soon. So this is a guy I'm sure is high up on the Pelicans list. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday for you all breaking down everything you want to know about the team. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Big thank you to today's sponsor, Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow.